And welcome to a new episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. The rest of the team is getting back from their small break. <laughs> Bring extra booze. Uh, you can hear John coming in, bringing in with his booze um, right now. Uh, today we're going to be doing a hobby streak type thing. We're going to celebrate John's 1,000th day of hobbying. And, oh, I got reverb. How do I got reverb? Let me see. Uh, oh, shouldn't be any reverb going on. Maybe I'm just too loud. Hold on, let me turn myself down. Because it was working just a minute ago. Shouldn't have any. Seems fine to me. Yeah. Maybe it was just because I was too loud. I mean, John Kathy, and Kathy. Back. I'm here. What do you got, yeah. Legionnaires? Am I good? Should everything should be good? We just tested it all out. Seems good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Testing. Testing. So. Sorry, I need to refresh my screen. I'm like, I didn't know we were live. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Uh, we're going to do a hobby day today. Uh, just talking about all different things hobby um, and working on a few things. John has... Um, Kathy has it too? Has what? Reverb. It is not me. I, Kathy doesn't have any reverb on me. Can anyone else, Hinton or anyone else in there, Baniac, can you listen if you've got reverb all your reverb also? Okay. Yeah, I turned myself down a little bit. Man, we should do that. says there's no reverb for me, and Captain Mizzy says everyone sounds normal. Sweet. Okay. So we're going to do a hobby. John just reached the 1,000 milestone Yay! of his hobby shirt. John. John, party. Woo, 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 I don't have woo, cupcakes, woo. but there's some cheesecake downstairs for me. <gasps> cheesecake Aww. is awesome. Nice. Um, so we're going to just talk about hobby-related things. I'm actually going to pull some resin prints off and try to get them done and kind of show everybody what they look like. Um, Kathy's going to be doing some painting on her Cthulhu-esque type creature. Um, and I'm probably going to do some painting and talk about um, the little small little impromptu class I had. Um, awesome. That was about it. And show the models that we kind of worked with. Um, and I did a little bit of painting on my Necrons just to kind of get it on. And I think I know which paint job I want to go with. Um, and, uh, I think John's going to be right with the one that he thinks it is. Um, you made a prediction, but you didn't say it yet. So, uh, Kathy, what episode are we on? Do you remember? Oh, 137. Yup. 137. Yeah. There's always going to be a 30 second ad. Um, if you're a subscriber, yeah. You yeah, lose they, the ads now. Twitch so that now subscribers don't get ads, which is yeah. is what oh. it is. Twitch is what it is. Yep. Well, so. YouTube's been playing crazy uh, different ads too. You may have noticed that, John. The the amount nope. of ads. Ad block works on YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. So if you're on YouTube and you guys have content that people may like, make sure you have a Patreon because I will I will give you Patreon money, but. YouTube ain't getting any ad money for me. Fuck them. Uh, let's get down to the business. Money or, or do on. Oh, echo on all of us still. God, I don't know. It's I mean, got to it's, it's be just a lead to something you're going on on your end. Yeah, because everybody else is uh, saying it's fine. So, yeah. I wonder that. if it's a double screen or something. Oh, that could be if it were open on two different tabs. Yeah, maybe. 
I mean, I've done that. <laughs> We've all done it. Um, we want to thank all of our sponsors for helping us out and make sure this podcast goes running smoothly and gives us cool things. We want to thank Tectonic Crest Studios, Dan the Man, um, does some really good MDF terrain um, and is working on many other projects. Uh, go and check him out. Uh, link is on our Twitch page. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting all of our files and getting it out to everybody on all the different platforms. Uh, we want to also thank CreatureCaster for making awesome models and uh, doing all the cool little things that they do. Uh, of course, Lynn Stahl from Metalhead Minis. How can we forget Lynn? Um, guys, if you uh, want to pick up anything, she also has a consignment shop. She will sell some of your stuff if you want. Um, but uh, she also sells all of our More Than Dice products. Uh, she also sells all the Warfare Weekend stuff that we're trying to do so we can make our money back. Uh, ooh, thank you, Captain Mizzy. Thanks, Captain Mizzy. Um, Captain Mizzy gifted Aww. the sub to Russ. So sweet. Thanks, Captain Mizzy. One of us. One of us. <laughs> um, who did I miss? Did I miss anybody? Lynn, Muse. Can't remember. I think I got everybody. <laughs> Russ. Um, and other than that, that was all the sponsors there. I think it was. Um, John, our tribute. Yeah, yeah. fortunately, uh, I'm sure everyone's heard about it now. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a little surprise since he was very uh, quiet about it. He didn't really reveal it to anyone uh, that he was even uh, sick at all. I mean, it was out of just out of nowhere uh -huh. that uh, Chadwick Boseman passed from uh, colon cancer, I think it was? Yes, it was uh -huh. colon cancer. Uh, cancer is a motherfucker. Um, as we say all the time on Pink Without John, fuck cancer. Um, took out a great one. And all the uh, all, all the tributes online to him are very, well, very touching. What's the, the interesting thing about it is he was visiting cancer patients and Make-A-Wish Foundation patients Mm -hmm. And filming while wow. he was going through treatment, yeah, which is which is a very shocking thing because nobody knew. I, I there was somebody that made someone made a point uh, that I guess recently he did a video talking about something and he looked very thin and everything, and they were making fun of him. And yeah. now those people are now you know eating crow because he was going through cancer treatment uh, a lot you know harder and whatever. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty sad day because, uh, Black Panther movie really changed up, uh, superhero stuff. Well, it also transcended because it was yeah. the right movie, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's gives a whole new bunch of people, you know, great heroes to look up for. Look oh up yeah. To, and that's what it's for. It's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 the thing is, I think it was what was... The thing is, it was such a shock to everybody because nobody, nobody knew. Yeah, it, it was like it was what? Sick or thing it was just out of nowhere. I like it when Bania posted on uh, Facebook. I had to, uh, um, as soon as I got killed in MechWarrior Online, I had to stop and go and take a look and see. Like, I'm gonna make sure this is real. Jesus. Yeah, because uh, I thought that was it was, it, it was it was it was kind of a shock. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I did find it interesting that some people are kind of voicing now that instead of, because we have Black Panther 2 coming out, 
instead of or trying to do it and film it, which we know is going to be pushed back, is not do a recasting for him, but instead let uh, the person that plays his sister in the movie, uh, what's her name? I'll have to look it up. But the girl with the fists. Um, yes. Instead, let her take over the mantle, like do a tribute at the beginning of like Black Panther 2 that, you know, he didn't make it or something happened and she takes over the mantle of Black Panther. And I was like, I get behind that. I can get behind that in a heartbeat. Um, so it's, it's sad, but it always reminds you that um, people are going through things that you don't know about and they're not going to tell you about it. So cut people some slack. Yeah, don't uh, don't make fun of people. You don't know what they're going through. Yeah, but I, I, sorry, yeah, I would, I would die. I, I would think that would be awesome. Uh, do a, a great tribute at the very beginning of the movie, and she takes over the mantle, and then we start the Black Panther movie. That would be freaking ecstatic. I would be like, yep, that'll be awesome. Um, so, um, with that, John, what are you drinking today? Um, I have uh cherry vodka with uh cranberry. Cranberry, yeah. cranberry cherry. Yeah. Okay. Kathy, what you got? I have a uh, pineapple hard cider with rum in it. What? I'm going with the rum. Yep. Kathy can't let her pirate go. Going with the rum till it's gone. <laughs> I am drinking a very small bit of uh, Maker's Mark. Um. Today. Uh, about the only alcohol I've had in quite a bit. So I'm going to have a little bit of Maker's Mark and uh, drink that. Um, to everybody out there, we appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that watches, everybody that pays attention, everybody that does anything with our podcast. We appreciate everybody, uh, no matter what, whether you're donating money, helping us pay for stuff, or just joining us in the chat, or just clicking and listening to it on your drive home. It's very important to us. Um... Be safe out there. Take care of each other. Look after each other. If you see something, say something and wear your damn mask. From all of us to all of y'all, cheers. 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 Whew. I'm going to switch over the paint cam real quick. Uh, and while we do that, I'm going to put Kathy's screen up there a little bit bigger so everybody can kind of see what she's working on. So they can see the mind-numbingness of painting every individual sucker on all these tentacles? Correct, because I am actually <laughs> going to reach over and I'm going to go check to see if John's 3D print is done and pull it off the printer if possible type thing And before I get started because I want to kind of clean that and get that going. Kathy, you're just trying to illustrate in the best way possible that painting detail is for suckers. <laughs> you're welcome. I'll be here all night. I don't. I don't have anything impressive to show. Actually, hold on. I'm gonna change them up. Well, actually, he just he just puts you up at the top, so I can't really show off anything either. But I uh, put together Venom, and I actually cut down his tongue because his tongue was oh, slightly excessive. Oh, I like my excessive Venom tongue. It it. I would actually say that it is just shy of egregious. But. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I like it. Um, 
I just, it's too much. What's worse, Kathy? Those suckers are sand in the mouth. Um, the suckers, the suckers. Wow. Sand in the mouth is easy to clean out. Bad news, it failed. Oh, oh no! So, but I'm gonna bring it out and we'll look at it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I'll switch over to my camera while that's cleaning. I'm actually now taking the uh, miniatures and removing the resin off of them. And so, whenever we get that, but I'm gonna show you the ones that I did work on. Uh, these were the first test runs of them, and I did the auto focus, so it'll be a little bit easier to see these. Um, so this was your first one, and as you can tell, we got a loss of wing type thing on your boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, his, uh, the arm, quote-unquote. Yeah, and then I misplaced a structure, and he's got a little bitty structure right here. These have not been fully cured. They've just been cleaned and just sitting out over the last few days. Uh, but I did have some flat areas, which I tried to fix uh, and stuff, so that one kind of failed. And then that actually looks pretty good. Yeah, it's just this one, and then of course on this one, the complete arm cannons are completely gone. They did um, not even get on there at all. They didn't even print at all. Had a lot of structures just completely fail on this one. So this one kind of just pooped out. Maybe if I just pull it down like this, it'll be easier. So, and I just looked at it as quickly as I could. And I noticed that um, I did get some things right, but I'm going to have to put stronger, um, just kind of people tell what people do and stuff, break off some of these supports and everything. Ding. I'm going to have to put stronger supports on them because the supports are breaking off and they are not um, working correctly. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm probably to put heavy supports because I put them on light and this time I tried medium, um, and it did not work. So I'm going to try heavy supports. But once that's cleaned and such, I will take it off and uh, take out the build plate, and we'll look at it and kind of that way you can kind of see what it is and what I have to do. Type thing. As I. Hey, hey, Kathy, you want to see what I printed for you? Sure. All right. So I did this, and this took a little while to print. Um, and I finally got it working correctly. Um, if I can find the tongue. There it is. If you wow. can find the tongue. Yep. So the tongue and the lower jaw are two separate pieces. And of course you'll have to do some fitting for the lower jaw. Uh, and this one took a lot of... So here is the tongue. Ah, uh, look, a tongue. It's a tongue. And then the lower jaw. It's a hell of a tongue. Not egregious, though. No. And so. Especially lower jaw. I was able to get the tongue to print out pretty well. There was a problem with me printing the tip at first. Right here, it would break off, and so I had to put some extra strength uh, stuff on it. And then the jaw, I got to print. The bottom part of the jaw, I got to print pretty well, and it came out a couple of times pretty good. Um. You'll have to kind of fit this in, but the body part, I had a problem with the ears. Seriously, nobody is saying what, uh, just the tip? Nope. And uh, you'll have to, of course, you'll have to kind of get everything in. 
and uh, reshape it and, you know, remold it. But I printed you a goblin bust. Ooh. I like the... Oh, he cute. I can make a hat on him. You so, can make a hat on him. of course, I'm going to send it to you in pieces. That way you can refit it and stuff. But yeah, yeah. on this one, the issue I had with this one was, of course, the teeth were a little bit hard. And I printed them at, like, this angle. So whenever it was on the build plate... It was going like this, you know. It was it was it was building like the, it was building like this, and like there's a little bit of softness right here that you know it's got to be. There's gonna be a little bit of cleanup, but the ears were an issue. Of course, this earring where was a pain in the butt. Oh, uh huh. Um, and then the teeth. Uh, of course, he is hollow to save on resin because uh, it's expensive. I'm getting more expensive as we go on, but. He turned out pretty damn cool. Um, I saw this and I was like, ooh, a goblin bust. I could print that for Kathy. She'll like it. And so you have to do a little bit of fiddling with the jaw to get it uh, fit correctly because it's, you know, resin printing. Um, hashtag green stuff. Yeah, well, all it is is you're going to have to just kind of cut down the the molding and shave it down and get it to fit in where it needs Wait, to. you mean like... Filing mold lines and cleaning yep. and prepping a model like, like every model yep. all the time. Yep. Okay. I mean, you can leave. No, you can do it without a tongue. But I'm I can. Wait, what? <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. There's a uh, my venom with slightly le with significantly less tongue. Here, I was thinking this guy's tongue does not look egregious enough. I might have to extend it. <laughs> but that venom, the goblin. The goblin. Yes. <laughs> um, so this uh, Friday, I had someone come over and they wanted to talk about and they wanted to test out some contrast paints before they bought them. Uh, and they were also asking questions about, you know, basing and all this other stuff. And so I decided, I was like, well, come on over. I'll, uh, I'll let you test out some contrast paints. Uh, gave them a couple of minis and everything. And then we did, like, I have a whole bunch of these, uh, the dryads. And I was like, well, why don't you do this one? So she tried the red out and... The red is raw. It's going to be a pain in the butt to see. I may have to zoom in. Um, I really like the red in contrast because it's very bloody and gory. Uh, but then she tried the blue, and it made it very ghostly-like. Um, let me see if I can get that zoomed in. Hey, Brandy Ray. How are you? Hey, that's my friend. <laughs> It was me. It was me. <laughs> Is what she says. I was the turkey all along. Yeah. So let me just let me do. We knew you were the turkey, John. Oh yeah. I'm just showing off of uh, Star Lord here since I got him just about done. The white kind of came out okay. It's hard to see because it gets washed out real quick. I'm gonna just but zoom kind of this in. Yeah, so. I'm gonna take off autofocus now. And we'll just zoom in. Autofocus is the devil. It is the devil. I mean, when you're when you're trying to paint miniatures or show miniatures, yes, autofocus is the devil. Yeah, and so she did this one, and uh, you know, with you know, of course, all contrast paints, it gets really white, uh, and you're kind of like staining and just glooping it in. And she was like, "That looks very ghostly," and I was like, "Yeah, it does." That's, you know, that's an easy way to do ghosts because she had some souls on her Nagash model and she was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you could do this as this. Oh, Nagash. 
So I mean, <laughs> it's a heck of a model to start with. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she has done some painting before, and she's done some other stuff. Uh, so we're she's just trying to figure out how to do things like uh, teaching the basing. You know, put the rocks and stuff on, paint all the rocks, the grass. You know, seal, kicking do the grass after. Further. Yeah, just kicking it up a notch. Um, so oh, it wasn't bad. Being weird suddenly. So, um, but one thing I wanted to show is, okay, so I did a quick test uh, with these two models and just kind of went with them, the Necrons, as I kind of, let's get them back in screen. Ooh, John, yeah, your camera's going wonky. Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, it's both, and this is, I'm just showing off some of the stuff I've been working on, too. Oh, uh, okay. Showing off stuff. And so... I, I started working with them, and I just did a quick, you know, the green on here. And I think I'm going to do the entire blade green because it just kind of fits. Uh, I don't like the black. But looking at these and kind of going with it, and I started looking at the colors, and I like put it on the table, and then I kind of stepped back a bit to see how it would look on the table. And yeah. while this pinky red color is really, really cool looking, it, it sucks. Is. I like this a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I like this gold bronze brown a whole lot more. It it just it's gonna look better with any of the basing you do better too. It's gonna stand out better. Yeah, well, because I'm gonna do the base. Like I said, I'm gonna do the base as, as a sand equivalent, you know, desert. Um, but I think I'm gonna take like a bright gold for like this part right here. Mm -hmm. Um, and like his little you know tunic, whatever you want to breech cloth type thing that he has down the front of him. Uh, type thing, and I think it's going to look a whole lot cooler. Uh, plus, the um, color shift really stands out with this paint pattern because you can see the gold and the browns and the you know everything going along with it. Mm -hmm. It actually color shifts really well. After I finish doing the blacking out and all this other stuff, it'll uh, and 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 paint it up. I'm going to finish. I'm going to paint this one up to what I would consider and what I want for my army and then go from there and then I'll show it. It's like, hey, this is what my army's going to look like type thing. Well, I need to fix a model real quick. Um, but we, I, I showed her contrast paints, talked about basing material, interdester to Steinal Res Primer. Um, Steinal Res. Steinal is the shit. Um, Good for, you know, made for an airbrush. But good for a regular brush. Yep. I'm told uh, I said that once, and it sounded like a deodorant commercial from the <laughs> 1970s. Good for the airbrush, but you can brush it on just the same. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to go with this color as my uh, color of choice for uh, my thing. And actually, I believe it's called Red Goblin. No. Uh Martian something or other. I can't find it right now. But I'm going to use this. I'm, this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to fix one of my... I accidentally knocked over uh, Star-Lord. And his, part of his jacket came off. So. That's no bueno. Did you... Uh, plastic glue it? I don't believe this was done with the plastic glue. So that's probably the reason why it came off. It's no big deal. I mean, we're all used to models falling apart. Doesn't mean we gotta like it. Yeah. All right, I'm switching Sorry. back to my camera because 
I think Russ mentioned something about not having any luck with uh, cork to work and look good. And I have some models I use cork on. Oh, yeah. I introduced her to cork bases, uh, cork stuff, too. Gave her a little bit of cork that she could play with. And test there we go. So, this is literally just cork put on the base. And then I take divots out here or there or whatever and cut it around to make it look irregular. Goddamn my camera. I don't know why this camera is being stupid. Actually, it's Skype being stupid more than anything. While you're doing that, I'm going to redo the cleaning of that print. So, you just take chunks out of it to make it look irregular, and also when you paint it, it'll have some depth to it. It doesn't look like it, but there, there's a lot of texture there. And if you use texture paint on it, just as an example, let me get these guys out of here. If it makes you feel any better, Brandy, I still haven't used an airbrush. So, <laughs> That's what it's on my to-do list, learning learning how to use an airbrush. This is one of the GW texture paints on cork. I do seal the cork Russ with... Russ is asking uh, if you can blow up John's camera bigger oh, so yeah. that he can see the cork base. Yeah, give me oh, one second. Yeah, I don't know why my camera is being so stupid either. It should not... Or Skype... Oh, oh shit. I can center now. Yeah, there you go. Close, extreme close-up on my hands. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is, I don't know exactly which one I'll look in a minute, uh, which GW texture paint is, but I put the cork down with super glue, I make it irregular, I cut divots in it, then I seal it with watered down PVA glue. Um, and then this is just one of their texture paints over it. You can do more, but it doesn't, I mean, it looks, this is no dry brush or anything, and I already think it doesn't really look like cork anymore. And in addition to that, because cause that'll kind of, you know, add extra different textures besides the cork. Mm -hmm. You can you can throw it out. You can do that same thing and add uh, like medium ballast or fine ballast. You Rocks, can sprinkle extra you sand. You can put a little gravel in a few places. I what I like to do is... I don't get on top of the cork because it just ends up looking weird and feeling weird there. What? If you put stuff on top of the cork... It always ends up looking weird or feeling weird. When I, I always opinion. put stuff up on top of the cork. Oh. What I do is I brush uh, PVA glue across the whole top of the cork. Mm -hmm. Then I dip it in my sand. So the whole top is just, it looks like sand or an earth texture or whatever. And uh, then I'll even add like a piece of gravel here or there. And I know that I'm going to be painting it like dirt. Or, you know, I know I'm going to be putting maybe a little bit of flock on it. I'm going to be putting a little bit of grass tuft on it. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, the top of it doesn't have that quirky texture anymore. Yeah. And honestly, the GW texture paints are good for it. These are the ones I used on it now. I think I used the earth on it. The Badlands should have more texture on it. And then you can even use any of the other ones. Like I use on my Marvel Crisis Vertical models, I'll use one of their different ones to get a sort of rubbly look around it. Like yeah, little those texture bubble. paints are, are really cool for that. And you can paint over them. Just make sure you let them dry completely. They'll be careful painting. Don't like be rough, but you can paint over them. You can dry brush them. And it'll all go a long way to making your, your cork bases look like not cork. And I have a bunch here. I'll show up with a couple ones here. So it's just a matter of like, I even have chunks like underneath this guy where you can't really see. I just take chunks out of it wherever I can to break it up a little bit there. And then if you add a little other texture potentially too, that will help. And these are just 
the ones I have around. And they're very dusty because I haven't done anything with them for a while. Sometime I'll do another uh, basing. Oh, yeah. Day. He just week. mentioned that. Really, my, base, my basing day turns into basing week. Or basing <laughs> two weeks, really, sometimes. And uh, there will be cork involved in those and, you know, different types of cork and, you know, how you can disguise your cork so that it doesn't look obviously like cork. Because I also can't stand having it just look like look obviously like a piece of cork. Yeah, there's a lot of little tricks like that. Uh, give it uh, give it another shot, man. And just keep trying different stuff. That's what I just kept throwing more stuff at it to see what I could do. That's why I take extra bases. I put extra I me. Mean, I have extra pieces of cork, and just go on there and just go to town. And I'll take cork and uh, and I'll take sculpey, <clears throat> baked sculpey, and put it on top. You're planning on being on my stream on Wednesday? Ooh, I'm, what am I doing? This I'm painting. Uh, well, the guy I'm working on now. Cause I'm working on his tentacles right now, but he's like a big, uh, big giant. Uh, Shadows of Brimstone. This is the, the old, the ancient one. And I did his, I did his base, and oddly enough, there is cork, on this base. I mean, if you say so. There's, there is cork on this base. You put it as the the center in the middle there, and you just use no. uh, sculpey and no. stuff around it. No. The this part where his foot is. This mm -hmm. whole big part, that's plastic that came with the... That's the tactical rubble. <laughs> that's good tactical rubble, though. Yes. That, yeah. Um, but all these smaller pieces, like this over here, this little rock, you know, these bits of marble, this piece of marble that the skull is sitting on, uh, that's all cork. And also, I used a shit ton of Vallejo Earth Texture paste mm -hmm. that on stuff, this. Uh, honestly, when you guys get a chance, if you ever see that stuff on uh, on sale, those texture paints, any of that stuff, just pick it up if it's on sale good enough because so worth you it. will use all of it. We were out, yep. and we actually ended up uh, paying what felt like too much, but we just really need it. So... Hey, Dio. Damn, girl, those eyes, those goggles. You can't even see them. <laughs> but I am wearing them. I'm wearing them just for you. Fresca's <laughs> <laughs> Kathy just showing off her extreme cork skills. She's got... You know, I love me some cork. Oh, hey, Kathy, this will shock you. You know how Venom comes with tactical rubble under his butt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't use that. Luckily, he, they I don't know if it was on purpose or by accident, but they had just the right angle that if you take the, the base with the curb on it, you can put his one foot on the curb, the other foot rests on the ground perfectly. Oh, I wish I would have known that. Yep. Because I have the one with the curb. Like, I have... Uh... Oh, I'm small again. Yeah, it's, but you can see. It's, it fits perfectly. And I just realized that his tactical rock should be leaning up against the curb. Eh, whatever. Agree. All right, but so... Again, one, go ahead, Gonzo. 
here are your models that I just got done printing. Already a problem. You see the lift right underneath here? Sorry. See how that's lifted up? That's a problem. So let me pop this off the base. That way I don't have to stick my hand in resin and put this uh, somewhere safe. Because it's already cleaned and it's already been washed. It just hasn't been, you know, cured. So, I'm going to pull them apart. Alright, so you're Fafnir. Everything seemed to be you're going... off screen. Am I off screen? You were low. Oh, here, I'll move it up a little bit. Alright, so, your Fafnir, so far, wasn't too bad. Except for this wing messed up. You can already sell. I'm going to have to put a heavier structure out there. So I'm going to break off all these supports real quick and see what we've got underneath and make sure that we've got everything going pretty decent in there. Um, usually I, I clip these off. Yeah, I have to say, yeah. I always use clippers on those. Usually I clip it, but since this is a, a failed print, I'm just going to rip it off. Um, everything else seemed to be okay. Uh, oh, see this flat, I got a flat spot right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I see. So something happened here. So I'm going to check on this side and see what happened with it. Um, so I'll, I'll go back to the file, which I still have. Uh, I still have it loaded up. And I'll fix this area right here. I'm going to have to do heavy supports here and a heavy support probably through here because uh, this also messed up just a little bit right here. I should remember uh, to show Kathy a picture of it because that one uh, wing uh, on the left side's got a giant uh, Team Bonsai symbol on it in the game. Oh and yeah, yeah. I, I put that on all of my Interscreen mechs now. As soon as they awesome. get, a, get a kill and I give them their decals, it's like, here's your here's your Team Bonsai symbol on the side. <laughs> but gotta fix that one. And so here's the Marauder, um, and already we can tell that the guns messed up, uh, and this back here some. Oh yeah. Got a major problem. I'm going to, have to do larger and stronger um, support. So I'm going to just break everything off um, and see if we got any internal other issues. Uh, yeah. The entire area back here completely failed. Uh, oh. Right oh. here, completely failed. The structures from here to here, I'm going to have to take and remove all these structures and put. Uh, one straight on the build plate, it looks like. These ones that are that I can put on the model. Like okay, so here's here's something that you don't see until after it's done. So you can see right here this little support right here. I didn't pull the support away, so it fused with the side of the model. Wow. Eh, so that's fixable, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean you don't want to do that. So I'm gonna have to redo I'm going to have to redo both of them, but here's the thing, is I've learned, whenever I got this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to redo this, this, this. Like, also, you know, there looks like a little bitty flat spot here that I need to fix. I just also. wish it wasn't so much of a waste of resin for you. Um, It's not too bad a waste, because uh, you're going to get them, and I think you're going to take these and turn them into uh, destroyed mechs. And put them on okay. a table. Yeah, we can do, definitely do that. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Casmania yeah. is asking, and also, hi, Kaz. You put in hot... You put them in hot water before you clip your braces? Uh, no, that um, what it is is I clean them first. I have an automatic cleaner now. It was a gift, uh, I think, for Christmas. Or no, it was my birthday this year. I got the automatic uh, resin uh, cleaner from Creality. Uh, it's, um, it's a giant... 
you probably, you probably can't see it. Uh, it's just a giant vat, and it's got this container you put on the top of it, and you push a button, and you put the models down in a bucket, and it swirls around it for like six minutes. I put it for six or nine, I can't remember. And it goes one way for a certain amount of time, then goes another way for a certain amount of time, and then I do it twice just to make sure it's completely clean uh, and gets all the excess resin off. And then you take off the bucket, you clip all the stuff off of it so you don't um, have brittle resin attached to your model. You clip all the supports off, then you take it, and then it's got a turntable because you take the bucket of resin, bucket of alcohol out, put a tabletop down, and then you hit the cure button and it'll cure the models for you. Spins it and everything. So it makes it super, super easy. Instead of me going to the sink, getting my bucket, shaking it up, scrubbing it off with toothbrushes and all that stuff. I mean, those were fairly, I mean, these were super, super cleaned. Um, there isn't a bit of single wet resin on this, which I really shouldn't be touching. But I, if, if I didn't clean them that way, I wouldn't be using my hand, using bare hands with it. Yeah, you got to be careful with resin. Yeah. It is still... Like it's not cured. If you're technically speaking, any model you get, you should wash it. But most of the time, we don't with plastic models. Yeah. Even though you probably should, there's release agent and all, and that could be good to clear off. That's why sometimes your primer not stick as well as you want to a plastic model. It just means there's a lot of release agent uh, and stuff on and oil on there. <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, let's see, Legionnaires. I was looking at the comments and stuff. Um, the <laughs> 3D printing, depending on which way you go, FDM or resin or both, because I do both, have a whole different skill set to each one of them. Um, like I did, I think I saw this, I did this mask uh, FDM printed recently, which I need to file down and get it and repaint it or just paint it uh, and prime it. Um, this is a different skill set of supports and levels and all that stuff than resin printing does. And it's a completely different thing, um, which some people don't understand. It's like, oh, not an FDM print, not a resin print. No, uh, because the way FDM prints, it prints from the plate up, while the resin printer prints, it takes this thing, oops, knocked over a Gundam model, and it dips it and then prints it upside down. And so you have to um, orientate the print so you use as few structures as possible but still sticks to the plate and it just it, it takes getting used to and doing file validations and make sure you got all the islands covered and all that stuff so but it's fun I mean I create some I mean awesome minute awesome the the one that Kathy keeps on giving me hell for is my bust I still haven't painted uh -huh. <laughs> um, I printed a good portion of my, um, I, I still don't think I like the gray resin though, by the way, I'm going to go switch over to the green resin again. Um, I, I like it a whole lot more. Um, I need to paint him too. Um, I printed a quite a few models for my Kings of War army. Uh, remember I was telling you about in, um, 40 K there's one gun that comes one to a commander box. I mean, it happens all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. So I found somebody that already made the sculpt. 
and 3D printed the ones I needed. Captain Mizzy says that you should give her the Ahsoka bus so she can paint it and get it done right. I think that's a good idea. I no. agree. No. She already has enough miniatures that she hasn't painted, especially ones I've already 3D printed for her. Like a pirate. Um, it is interesting what Kaz says about dipping it in hot water to maybe soften the resin a little bit when you're clipping off the supports. So maybe they don't, uh, they're not, they don't crack, you know, when it's brittle resin. That, that actually sounds interesting. Um, I usually don't have to. The resin is, usually my structures are very, very good. Um, so they don't leave a mark, but for some reason this gray is just not working. I don't think I have it tuned just enough um, in my settings like I did my green. My green I had perfectly tuned and it didn't make any issues, so I'm going to try to switch it over. Um, I did want to show off because I, I, I did show it a little bit on the pre-ramble, but here was my new Gundam model that I did. Let me see if I can pull this up a bit. Yeah, it's not going to. I, uh, in the cool little cockpit. I think it's funny, John, you know, we're talking about stickers and transfers and stuff. This one has transfers for his eyeballs. So the model inside has a transfer for each one of the eyes. <laughs> Let me uh, say unequivocally that, uh, oh, yeah. fuck that. Fuck that, yeah. So... <laughs> I can't even get regular ones to work well. You want me to do eyeballs? Yeah. I I will I give totally it a shot. I will try to paint that instead. Yeah, that's what I was I saying too. Like I, I can't even get regular eyeballs to work well. But this one, um, this one came out. Oh, this one looked pretty like good. Mine when I paint them. So it came out pretty decent. You know, that's a style choice right there, John. It is. I'm. I'm <laughs> miles look like me. Yeah. You need representation. <laughs> Crazy how people need representation too. Right? You know that meme on Facebook where you, you jokingly put the picture that says, uh, reporting why I am in this picture? <laughs> Every time someone puts that stupid Steve Buscemi picture with the eyes in different directions, I'm like, reported, I'm in this picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Because it's funny. Um. So I'm going to work on this guy right here, blocking out, getting some white on him. I'm also getting white on this guy. I'm not painting shit. I already did my painting. Because I need to get, need to start working on my Warcaster models. Hey, I've only got one. Marvel Crisis Protocol model and part of a terrain piece left to paint. One left? Out of everything? Out of all your models? Oh, well, my model. I don't have Crisis everything. Or just everything I own. I've gone light on buying new models uh, right now because, I mean, I'm not playing, so I can just take it easy. I, I mean, I have tons of models I haven't been used yet. Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to try and pick up the guys I really want. Uh, like, I think... Uh, Spider Gwen, sorry, Ghost Spider, and Miles Morales are going to be the next one because how can you not? And if I've got Venom here, I'm not the hugest Venom fan, but uh, I mean, Spider Team sounds good. Yep, and it's Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. 
Now they just need Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham, and everything will be okay. That's, people are, and, like, begging for that. It, God, that would be and, awesome. I mean, honestly, though, Spider-Noir has really... Oh, I like that guy. Nick Cage, oh my God. Talk about perfect casting. The wind follows me everywhere I go. Like, all right, that's just nuts. <laughs> it's all the right kinds of crazy. I just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I still, even though, usually once I watch something on Netflix, if there's not going to be another episode, I just kind of get rid of it. That's one of the very few that I have just kept on my Netflix, you know, watch list. Because I'm like, uh, I need some good feel goods, or I just need to, to watch something. To yeah. Yep. Except my mom doesn't want to watch it. I'm like, mom, this is great. You should see this. Oh, she's like, she no missing. Uh, but yeah, you know, you don't tell mom what she's gonna watch. Mom tells you what That's she's. That's true. Yeah. Luckily, no. I think you're interested in seeing Knives Out, so that'll be next. I'll pick up Knives Out. Oh, cool. She does not have great internet. She's in the boonies. She has to use. She doesn't have a direct line. It's terrible. It's poopy. So, it is not good. So I will have to uh, pick up a DVD copy or your Blu-ray copy. Darn. <laughs> like Darn you were you. planning to anyways. Eh, I like to get stuff I can because you never know when it's not going to be free on Amazon Prime. And that's the moment you want to watch it. Like every time I want to watch Dread and I'm like, oh, it was on Amazon Prime. So I didn't pick it up when it was cheap. Shit. And now it's not free on Amazon Prime. So... That's movie stuff. We can talk about that later. Yep, because I need to definitely talk about something I watched this week. Didn't watch what you told me we were going to watch. I watched almost all of it. I just didn't uh, get all the way through it. Yeah. Almost all of it. Almost. Almost. Well, Mostly. Like horseshoes and grenades and nuclear bombings. Mostly. Well, actually... Almost doesn't always count nuclear bombings, as we referenced last week when we were talking about the uh, the Black Watch and the nuclear bombings that did not work in killing them <laughs> because they're just that badass. So, Kathy, is that what you're going to be working on this week on your uh, your streaming? Oh yeah, the Cthulhu still. Yep. And this Plenty is a this. this this is a model you're doing for someone else, right? Yeah. Which uh, we had a very interesting topic that uh, my friend Brandy uh, was being commissioned to paint some models. Oh, cool! And stuff, and she she was just wanting that's the reason kind of we kind of got her on this conversation because she was curious about what she should charge. And I was like, well, I don't know what your skill is, or you know what the person wants, or whatever. And so I'm going to bring this up. Uh, we're not going to say who the person was because I don't even know who it was, but it was uh, the vanguard team for the abyssals uh for uh kings of war or um yeah and it's just the vanguard team so it's 15 models and the individuals uh the individual sent all the models to her unprimed unput together just straight out of the you know like they just came from amazon and stuff, and she kind of asked what she said, and I says, "Well, what kind of skill does he want? Does he want like a tabletop quality? You know, is he, you know, is he real particular?" And she said he wanted it exactly like the box art. 
you know, <laughs> wanted the paint scheme from the box art, which, okay, she said she... I mean, I, you can use the same colors, but yeah, I don't I mean, know what the box art of that looks like. Hey, John, do me I a favor. Look, at a, look up uh, Abyssal's Vanguard and post the link to that for me. If you could, please, sir. Sure. Because, you know, just because somebody says, I have this box of troll bloods and I want you to paint it exactly like... Is it the starter set? I want you to paint set? them exactly like the box art. Yeah, it's like 15 models, a couple of horsemen. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15. Yep, okay. Okay. And so Not he wanted everyone to... is going to have the skill to be able to pull off what somebody did on the box art. Correct. And if the person is expecting that skill as well as that color scheme, that's a whole different set of expectations. Well, she kind of asked, and I was like, well, you need to, you know, because she's going to have to clean, put together, you know, all that stuff that, you know, you do for, you know, a model. And she gave him a quote of like uh, 120 to do the whole thing. For 15 models? Yeah. That's even under. Correct. Honestly. Yeah. And, you know, but she's new. So, I mean, she didn't mm -hmm. know exactly. So, I mean, you know, that's, it, it'd be different if he was wanting, hey, you know, just paint them however you want, blah, blah, blah. Or um, I like these colors, make this the main, make this yeah. the secondary. That's easy peasy stuff too. Yeah. I mean, um, that is still under the cost of what, you know, typically people do, depending on, you know, your skill level or whatever. I'll tell you, though. So what would harkening, you... Harkening back to when I first started painting models for money. <laughs> way, way back in the... Uh, 1800s? Way back in the 1800s when I was painting Blood Bowl teams. Path <laughs> <laughs> uh, checks out on that, okay. <laughs> Um, this is what I was, I was charging my friends. Here's a team of Amazons and there's 22 models on the team, including turn markers and the team captain, et cetera, cheerleaders. Uh, and I painted them and I put a lot of time into it and I charged him 90 bucks. Because... I wasn't that good. I could show you a picture of them. You'd laugh. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> now, um, the thing I always heard is that people, when they when you start adding in the assembly of the box, usually people start that as the cost of the box again. For, like, cleaning and assembling the models completely, usually they count the box. This is just something someone told me offhand. And then you add painting on top of that, because... Yeah, yeah. It's hard though when you're first starting out. Oh, everything yeah. takes longer. So if you're charging by the hour, and Joe Blow over there, who has equivalent painting skills, but has been doing it for longer, can do it faster. There's, there's going to be a difference there. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't be charging a crap ton of money just because it takes you a thousand years to paint 10 models if the paint job isn't very good. Correct. 
at some point you have to look at what the market is charging and get in that area. I understand that. Yeah. And you sort of have to take a loss time-wise originally. That's part of setup costs. Exactly. Correct. Uh, but, the time I've painted something for a guy is, is when they went, like had a bunch of models that just weren't painted. Like, we just need basic paint schemes on this stuff. And it was like Han Solo and like a tiny old model and a, like an Imperial Trooper and like a Yamato and like an M1 Abrams. I'm like, this is easy peasy stuff, guys. I can do this for you. Yeah, but I mean, 15 models copying exactly the paint job from the box art. Mm-hmm. Which she told him $120. Solid, but not, like, it's not like they've got uh, Angel Geraldes painting the models for them or something. Correct. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a James Wapple original type paint job. But oh, she told him, like, $120. And he laughed at her. That she, he, could, he could find someone to do it cheaper. And so pretty much she's like, well, go right ahead. I mean, here's, your models, here's your models back, pal. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a point when you got to. Yep. Or you have to understand, like we said earlier, that, you know, you're starting, if you're starting this as a as a business, that you have to start somewhere. You're going to start and you're going to lose a little money early. It's like any other business, honestly. Any business you start, the first year you are going to lose money, technically speaking. And with something like that, it's more like you're losing time rather than money because it just takes you longer. I'll give you an example of a decent customer inquiry. (laughs) Uh, I recently had someone contact me about painting uh, a model, and I quoted him. And he was like, well, I know you're completely worth it, but that's a little out of my price range. And I'm like, I totally understand. Correct. That is the best response you can have. Yeah. Yeah. So he was good about it. I was good about it. I mean, I understand, you know, not everybody can do that. But I'm not going to lower my, you know, I'm not going to lower my, what I charge people, you know, because of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but I mean, it it just kind of cracks me up because I mean, now, I've painted models for people and been paid for it, and I've paid people for models. And, you know, like some people are like, hey, if you want, I really like that army you have. Can I do a trade? I'll paint some of your models for that army. I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, we'll do an equivalent change with that. But that's someone that's not doing it for a living. They're just like, shit, I'll, you know, do it for, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay. But if you really think about it, 15 models and $120, that's... And painting exactly what the art is, that's like super freaking cheap. That's like what, $2 a model or $120 actually. You know, that's like stupid, stupid cheap for it. And the guy. It's like or something. Yeah. But I mean, that's just people just don't understand that it's a time sink. And as much as we like to do things for people and as much as we like to paint or whatever. I'm not going to do everything for free. Yeah. I mean, you have to understand. Like, it's like it's like the artists and the painters are artists, no matter what anyone else might say. People contact artists like on DeviantArt or whatever all the time and like, I would love for you to do this thing. Like, oh, cool. You know, but you should do it for exposure or cheap because you're getting exposure. I'm a such and such content creator and you're going to get lots of exposure. Like exposure don't put food on the table. They don't pay no rent. It's a business. You can say that, but at the end of the day, you thinking you're doing them a favor, you're not. You're 
expecting something for nothing, basically. And you should understand these people are, are you know, it's like any other business. Correct. While there is some negotiation involved because it is, you know, a small business, you should not be expecting uh, a lot of negotiation. The thing that gets me is the mentality. It's the Walmart mentality of if I get a bunch of models from you, I should get some kind of a wholesale price. As no. if as if a hand-painted, every single thing hand-painted would somehow magically take less time if there were more of them, so you should charge less. <laughs> like as if I'm running off, you know, a thousand of these on my great big industrial you know, yeah, charging machine. you based off of the amount of models and the style you want. Sure, if you want tabletop, she's already factored factored that in, and tabletop quality is less than any other, than other quality levels. So that's cheaper. You're not going to get a bulk discount on top of that. It's already factored into the fact that you only want tabletop for all these models. It's like they they. It's like you're not a professional. You don't know what you should be charging, and they're try, trying to tell you, which is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, sometimes you're just trying to take advantage. Well, there's those they, people. they sense that you're new, and they think they can take advantage of that. Yeah. I told her that's, you know, I told her that he's an idiot. Fucking. Yeah, don't let that stuff. Don't let anyone bully you into stuff or sweet talk you into stuff. Don't, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just business. There's nothing personal there. You don't have mm -hmm. to worry about it, you know? Do what you got to do to make sure you're spending your time right. It's your time. You could be spending that time painting your own models and having more fun. Now, there are times I've known people who have taken commission deals for a little bit cheaper because they really, really wanted to paint that model uh -huh. and re really didn't want to buy it and don't need the model itself. They just want the fun of painting it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's I, a whole different story. Yeah, there was a young lady on... Uh, Twitter who really rewanted really to it. I'm like, you know, I could kind of use an Abaddon model to paint it. That model's really cool. Uh, she found someone beforehand who wanted to do it, so I didn't have to. But I was considering getting an Abaddon or getting her the money for an Abaddon and painting it just because it'd be a cool piece to have. You know? Who doesn't like Abaddon? Abaddon? Abaddon. Abaddon. Yeah. And what's the thing? You know, some people want to do it, and that's their choice. Don't take that as the usual. That is the uh occasional that is the uh, exception not the rule correct so i just thought that was i thought it was interesting because i was like i mean because she's wanted to know what she should charge and you know we talked about it and i told him that you you should also tell him you know you're going to send it back so mm -hmm. it's going to be shipping cost because you know that's yeah, you know, yeah it's not free yeah but also a good thing and since i I did a lot of work in game stores in the Magic the Gathering and card game ages where there's a lot of, there was no set price on anything necessarily. There's no, like, this has got to be this much. You're going to have to learn the art of the haggle a little bit, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Make your first price in the fair area, but more than you actually expect them to pay. That way you've got an area to back down a little bit, mm -hmm. especially when you're first starting out. After you're established, you don't have to do that because then you're established. So Kathy doesn't have to do that at all. It's Kathy. People know what they're getting. It's like examples of what she does is everywhere. And then just, uh, you know, do the bargain. You know, it's like 
I had a guy who wanted the one that was looking for damaged X-wing ships. I have some that are damaged from it's like I'm secondhand and all. So we chatted. I got him pictures. And I threw my initial price up, and that was a month and a half ago. I ain't heard from him since. So apparently he ain't interested. But you know, it's the art of the deal. If he wants to go down, if he wanted me to go down, he could say something. But you know, it is what it is. I'm not giving shit away. No, you paid you know, for I've it. Got, it's not like, not like four or five small X-wing ships are taking up a ton of space. Yeah. I mean, they, they'll sit there for forever. Maybe I'll make them into train. Maybe my buddy Marshall will make them into train. Maybe Kathy wants to make them into train. Maybe someone will make them into train. <laughs> It doesn't have to be you. You were looking for it. I had what you were looking for. Like, when I sold my Catechin stuff, I kind of wanted to keep it, but I wasn't using it for a while. So literally, the guy threw me a price, and I'm like, that's a good amount of money, and I hate to say it, that's too much for what you're getting. So I actually argued him down a little bit. I'm like, I'm only going to take X amount because of what you're It's too much. And I know you guys, John, that's crazy. There's There's fairness to it. Like, you have to under make people understand. You don't want them to get that remorse after they're like, oh, man, that guy totally screwed me in this deal. Like, no, I don't want to be that guy. If you if, if you need something for me and it's only worth X amount, I'm not going to let you pay way more than that, you know? Any case. You know what time it is? Is there any time for the... What? It's 8 o'clock? Wow. It's time to What's the time? It's time to get in. What's the time? It's time to get drunk. All right, let me media switch over. Time. Media, media time. time. Media time. Excellent. I have media. All right, I'm gonna take off the glasses too. I'll switch over. I'll switch over too. I already switched over. I'm good. What? It's 2 a.m. Uh, Ro Rush, you're in a different uh, time zone slightly than all of us. Only a little, slightly. Oh, so uh, you know, we talked about you know, you know, Captain Mizzy wanted to do my Soka and stuff, and I was like, you know, giving her crap because she has three D printed models that I've already given her. So, so what did I just get? A picture of her priming her three D models I sent her. <laughs> I did a um, pirate model, kind of like um, oh, what was okay. Now my camera's going to start freaking out. Um, Kathy's camera freaked out, too. I did, well, I just switched my camera. Oh. But it made mine freak out, too, see? That's funny. <laughs> Almost. Is it your time? I can be, hold on. Solidarity. <laughs> All right, Dio. There it is. There's, there's the eyes. There's the eyeballs. Um. I'm, I'm doing solidarity now. Excellent. <laughs> What was it? Um, what was the pirate with the squid face in the? Um... Oh, wow, that's really bright, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your camera freaked out for a second. Um, the pirate in the Pirates of the Caribbean that had the uh, squid face. Oh, the yeah. main guy. Yeah, Davy. Yeah. yeah, I printed off a uh, a model uh, of that for her. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, because she was one. <laughs> Everybody knows but me because I'm like totally not it involved. It took me a minute though. It took me a minute because I yeah. only ever saw that one time. Yeah, I've only seen that Pirates once because. Yeah. And, and as most people know, I'm no good with remembering shit like that. Nope. I'll watch the other Pirates. I'll watch the first Pirates movie again and again and again. But the rest, eh, eh, not so much. 
So there was there was a 3D model that was. Uh, I didn't realize it played by Bill Nagy. Yeah, Bill Nagy played mm-hmm. the most. It's surprising when I found out too. Like, oh shit. So. Um, so I have technically four, but really two. I don't know how many I have. I'm just going to roll. The roll with the bunches. Kathy dropping it on you, Gonzo. I got one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go with something that uh, I'll start off with one of mine. So Peacock Network. It is NBC's new streaming service. And they, yeah. I can already see John's eyes rolling. Um, We need more. Yeah, we need more streaming services. Everything, right? I'm just going to turn off these bright lights right in my face. And so I had the NBC app, so I was like, okay, I'll try out, you know, Peacock and see what it is, because you can watch some of the stuff for free. And John. <laughs> there you go. It's clear right about there. <laughs> and so I watched the first episode of the new series, Brave New World. Of course, based off the book, um, which I read and studied and had to do countless college stuff on and high school stuff on and okay graphics updated um special effects are updated they're not following the book at all (laughs) i mean aren't we following kind of the book in real life yeah um they're (laughs) now now the brave new world is a a great story it's good it it is. is it is a very good story. Uh, it's got some very controversial topics and such, but right off the bat, it just doesn't feel right. One episode in, and I'm not, you know, liking it at all. Um, it, it's it's because it's based off the book, not from the book. And I'm like, just do the book. I mean, shit. Well, do I the mean, book it's or a TV name series, name. so and it's not that long of a book. No. I mean. A series wouldn't be that long if it was just based on the book. I mean, I can understand that. But yeah, it's it's supposedly it's based off the book, and I put the quotes around "based off the book" because so that's what they sort say. Sort of in that universe, dealing with those same characters and same quotes from the book. But it's I, I'm like I'm gonna give it a chance. I, you know, always give it a few episodes um, to see what's going on. Um, but for the most part, I'm not really happy with it. It didn't capture me. It wasn't in. Uh, it is very adult. Uh, there is, you know, uh, you know, because it's about. There's a thing in there where nobody's allowed to be monogamous because of Brave New World, and like they bring one of the betas. Uh, they bring her uh, into the room, and they're like, "Hey, you've been having sex with this one guy for way too many times," and they show them having sex on this hologram thing. And they're like, you're going to have to stop doing that. And then there's like an orgy at this club. And I mean, it's like constant barrage of that theme. Um, but I'm just like, there's, there's just, it's not melding. I, I know the book. I've read the book. Um, I know the themes of the book. The only thing that they did is a lady did quote going, uh, better to end than mend. And I'm like, okay, so you took one line from the book. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I'll give it a few episodes. Right now, I'm not happy with it. Um, I'm not particularly looking forward to more episodes, but I will give it at least two more before I go yay or nay. And it's actually, and like I said, the book is a really good book, but just quit fucking with things. Just do the book. So, are 
they the same characters as in the book? Or is um, it just taking place in the same universe with the same themes? I really don't know off the top of my head. Um, let me check real quick. And I'll, I'll check on that while you talk about yours, Kathy. Okay. I finally watched the last episode of the Umbrella Academy, the second season. Yay! Yay. Uh, it's not actually been out that long. Right. I loved it. I love, love, loved it. Um, I like the second season better than the first season. Oh. I don't want to talk about details because there's so many things that you could inadvertently spoil about it for somebody else who intends to watch it. So, um, I just, yeah, I thought it was better even than the first season. And I really liked the first season as well. I'm looking forward to whatever it is that they do in the future with that universe. Awesome. That didn't take very long. <laughs> no, that's still good. Um, I want to address what Legionnaires said. He says he's upset that Lower Decks is on a separate streaming service. Yeah. The first yeah. track DS9 he's wanted to see. Let me just say, though, uh, Catamese says, but Picard. Picard was very good, and getting the service for Picard, and then you can watch Lower Decks, is worth it. But, man, fucking Discovery, Season 2, fucking A. Like, worth it. Like, straight worth the money. I'm not lying. I know money might be tight, but man, Discovery Season 2, worth the price of admission. Even more than Picard. Picard is worth the price of admission. Yes. So, there you go. Double there. Um, so, well, uh, go ahead, Kathy. Lower Decks is not on the same no. stream service. Oh no, it is. It's on the stream. It's on, it's on uh, CBS All Access. Oh okay. It's just that all the rest of the track, aside from that, is uh, still on Netflix while contracts are still in, in place. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like the Marvel thing. For a while, you found it on Netflix and on Disney, and then as contracts expired, you only see it on Disney Plus. I was like to call it the other one that's really worth it. I don't know what NBC Peacock fucking has to match up with Star Trek or your entire fucking childhood, but good luck. <laughs> this um, Disney owns your entire fucking childhood. Deal with it. So, yeah, it is, some of the characters are in that are in the book are in it is an adaptation of the book. It's not like a separate place or a separate city or whatever. It is a, an adaptation of the book. Uh, but it is still, I just did a quick look at reviews and it's it's like, oh my god, this is great, and then like a ton that are like, this is shit. So, um, I'll have to wait and see. Like, I'll give it a few more episodes and see if it's worth it, but right now, as it is, I'm not happy with it. So, not too keen. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to give a quick capsule review of something I reviewed on Payment Without John, which I watched uh, while I took a vacation from Clone Wars. Let me just tell you, I started watching Clone Wars Season 4, and I like Clone Wars to 2020. People said it was going to be great. It is not fucking great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I watched the entire season season 2 of Jack Ryan. Okay. And I did like it. I'm not going to go into detail or anything. I liked it, at, I think, just about as much as I liked Season 1. A couple things were a little out there, but I think Season 1 had a couple of those moments, too. Um, it didn't have the same problem with random following a random character for a bit just to get to the plot point they needed 
Um, in season one, there was that drone pilot they followed for a while, just because they needed that one scene where he said fuck it and did the right thing. Um, they didn't have anything like that, so it didn't seem like there was a left turn in the middle of it, which is good. It felt a lot more concise. So uh, I did enjoy the crap out of it and uh, look forward to season three. Cool. Kathy? I watched a show last night that was just on TV, and it was called The End of the Affair. And I don't know, I think it was, must have been the 90s when it was made. It might have been early 90s. But it starred uh, Ray Fiennes, and I really like him as an actor, and Julianne Moore, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes place in post-war England. And uh, it's about, well, it's about this this couple that has an affair and just how they deal with it and how the woman's husband deals with it. And in the end, it's sad, and I cried. It was very Russian. <laughs> I mean, fair. Fair. Uh, it was really good, though. I mean, I was riveted, and now I want to find it, the movie, somewhere and watch just the movie because I know since it was on TV, there is probably a shit ton of stuff that was cut out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. They they cut it all. Even sometimes, even just even a movie like that that's not necessarily a super visually driven movie sometimes change into pan and scan, which I think most TV movies are still in, makes a hell of a difference. Still, yeah. some it of was, shots uh, better. Well, and it was a period piece, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was all kinds of fun sets and costuming and and everything. And uh, but the pacing was really slow. So slow, but uh, but it was good, and I definitely want to see it again. And some of the songs they used were effective. <laughs> uh, honestly, the art of using music properly in movies, actual music, I assume, actual songs. Yeah, it's is sort of a lost art. People aren't doing it as well as the. I mean, aside from James Gunn, because James Gunn. That's sort of his shtick, so to speak. Um, it's a lost art because a lot of the Marvel movies aren't, like, for example, aren't using regular songs in them so much. Um, while the early ones did, like, people diss the Ben Affleck Daredevil that I really like. And I really like where a lot of the songs were placed in it. They actually fit what was going on at the time. They did a good job with that. I think, honestly, tales of the Daredevil movie being terrible are really overdone. I actually enjoy the crap. I own it. I may watch it. Maybe I'll review it next week. But I really like what music's done well. It gives you... It's like a good soundtrack piece done well. It, it connects that emotionally with you. You know, there are soundtrack pieces you hear and you get the feeling from what happened then. Mm-hmm. And while iconic bits like Harry Potter will conjure up a general sort of feeling they don't give you that same pure emotional connection necessarily because it's not that one scene had that theme not it's like the when you not like when you hear that the, the beginning violins of the uh the music of the roharam yes <laughs> you 
Oh my god. Or the theme, like, I, I say this a lot because it's one of those that sticks with me. There's a theme that plays in the Avengers movie where the helicopter raises, and I get that wonder of fucking A. They just did a helicopter, and see, a helicarrier in CGI that looks awesome. And I never thought it would look cool. It was always a dumb idea, like, look at the comic book, stupid helicopter, aircraft carrier. And I always get that feeling when I hear that that note. Not all of them do that to me, but that one in particular does it to me. Uh, Lord of the Rings, there's uh, the one right after Gandalf has fallen uh, after mm. fighting the Balrog. Mm-hmm. That gets me every time, too. It it, it, it gets me deep in. Then there's a lot, of so- a lot of soundtrack pieces that do it, but the right song at the right moment will do it, too. You know, you'll hear that song, that soundtrack piece, and then that uh, that even just a song they put in the soundtrack. Like uh, when you hear, uh, God damn it, Leonard Skinner, Freebird. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple different scenes you can think of, but I think of obviously the church fight from Kingsman because it was just fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. And... So, you know, you, you'll get that emotional content, and I think that is a slightly lost art. People aren't doing it as much. There's, there's a lot of movies that don't, that soundtracks or the scores are meant to be out of the way and not very intrusive, but you need they need to make more where they're getting in there and they're, they're connecting you. John Williams is a master of that. All of his scores, for the most part, connect me with it. I mean, I'm sure when people hear the Harry Potter theme that are more into it, they feel the same thing as when I hear the Indiana Jones theme. You get a good general sense of adventure or the Lord of the Rings when Bilbo's sitting there reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. It, Same it, thing. It always get you. I mean, and that's sort of a lost art. I mean, I noticed in the next movie I saw, which I'll segue into, which was one Gonzo was supposed to watch too, but only watched two thirds of, and that was last action hero, <laughs> which had a big soundtrack. I owned the big soundtrack. Um, Hmm. Where should I start with this movie? Uh, I watched it again because... Oh, yeah. Before we go, hopefully, Russ uh, says, Armageddon, don't want to miss a thing, always stuck to you for the perfect moment of a song. Absolutely. And I can finally listen to that song again, you know, 20 years later or whatever, because they played the fuck out of that song. Holy crap. You would hear it on every <laughs> fucking station. You, like, hear it, you change the station, they're playing the song, you're like, for fuck's sake. But, yeah, in the movie, it hits perfectly. The Transformers so, song. Which one? You know. You've got, you the, got touch. the touch. <laughs> um, so, actually, funny, that one doesn't hold the same emotion for me as uh, Dare, but I've always been of the opinion that I think Dare is the better song. But then again, as a, tra- as a connoisseur of the Transformers soundtrack, <laughs> there's another piece. There's, there's a p- specific piece of music that plays when Optimus Prime dies, which is called. Oh, well, yeah. Unironically, the Optimus Prime, that always gets me too, because it's there and it's sad and it's That's at the yeah. direct. Actually, honestly, the Transformers, the movie, is another one where they put songs at the the right moment they all sort of fit where they're dropped in dare to be stupid on the junkie on planet oh. Holy shit. <laughs> at the perfect song at the perfect moment yeah so in any case last action hero i watched it because the only podcast i generally listen to that's not ours uh did coverage of it and uh he really unironically loves it and i do not i 
I saw it once way back when. Agree. Like, maybe I didn't give it a fair chance, so I watched it again. Yeah, I, I still don't love it. No, I I got to the part. Like I said, I got to the part where a little bit into when he jumps into the real world, and I was still like, "Can I go do something now, else?" And then I had to go do something else. It's gotten better at that point. It just. I know what he loves about it, and I haven't totally listened to all the podcasts and will spoil it. To, to Sometimes I find it makes me look forward to things I don't want to look forward to. I want to take it as a movie first and then listen to what they love about it and see if it changes my opinion. Uh, and they've been good about pushing me to stuff that I thought was great. And they love it because it is supposed to be the same sort of loving parody of action movies like something like Shaun of the Dead is to horror movies or um, God damn it, the best Star Trek movie. Second best Star Trek movie, sorry. Uh, Wrath of Khan? Galaxy Quest. Oh, Galaxy Quest, gotcha. But what Galaxy Quest is, is, is Star Wars. Oh, Wrath of Khan's the first best, yeah. Um, but it's trying to be that and it just misses the mark because it goes too fucking far. Yeah, and that's sort of the point, Russ, is you have to you have to just disconnect completely from the real world to get it, but I feel like they completely missed the mark they were aiming for. They're aiming for the, the, the point that the whole, you know, movie world was totally off the cra- off the rails movie crazy. But they took every every movie trope for and just took it to eleven, and then they went to twelve. So it was like, you know, like he blows up the ice cream cut and then a cone gets the guy in the back of the head. You're like, for fuck's sake, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, if they had done it like an action movie, maybe just that that tiny tweak to make it just a little bit over the top, like an over-top action movie, and then got to the real world and handled the real world like like the real world, I think this could have been exactly what they were looking for. But they completely missed the fucking mark. The kid's not general. The kid's annoying for the first part where he's in the movie land, but then it, it really evens out and he's a lot better. I agree. And it, but it's, it just doesn't. It does not even take its fucking self seriously. I think that may be its biggest sin. Yeah, I wasn't. Like I said I got through most of it and, like I said, got to the real world stuff, and I was like, I don't remember this being this bad. And it just, it just, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. It, it does because it because it just misses that mark. It yeah. is really close to what it wants to hit, but it's like, nope, you're not there. And in not being there, you've made it so much worse. Yeah. So I'm totally giving it a pass. I'm gonna give it three space herpes. I could agree with that. It's not offensive. It's not bad. There is some fun stuff in it. It's just not there. It doesn't no. hit. It doesn't really hit the marks it's aiming for, and you can tell the marks it's aiming for. Yeah. Um, I bought it. I don't feel bad about buying it. It's like I ran out. I got the cool one with the slip cover over it, so it looks like it's a VHS tape coming out of the uh, <laughs> out of the sleeve. So it's kind of cool. You know, it's just not not great. Guns work, Um, I actually, and I binge watched it. So this week, Cobra Kai came on Netflix. Uh, which Netflix has now picked it up and it's going to be running into in season three. Um, I didn't have YouTube red or whatever it was that was on uh, to watch it. So I was happy that it came on then. 
I was like, cool. I heard this is pretty decent. Want to watch it? Uh, so I sat and binge watched it. Watched the both seasons. Uh, episodes were around 35 to like 45 minutes. So e- easy watch. Uh, no problem. Um, first season. Uh, I'm going to do a non-spoiler review because some people just haven't seen it uh, type thing. Um, it's actually not bad. I was expecting a lot worse. Uh, and I was expecting a lot more cheese. Uh, people don't realize that. And, and yes, Gonzo realizes his video is upside down. He's streaming I'm, streaming, from I'm streaming from Australia. Um, it's because he's actually weird. Um, actually, William Zapker, who plays. Uh, God, what's the other kid's name? The blonde haired kid from there. The one who's. Yeah. Or Belt Now, shit. He's actually apparently an accomplished filmmaker. Yes. Um, so there's, Johnny, there's, Johnny. yeah. Uh, cause they actually do an episode where most of the Cobra Kai kids come back as adults. Um, and they do bar an episode. Do. Yeah. The bar fight. Yeah. Okay. I saw that clip yeah. on YouTube. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, so there, there's some quirks about the show. Um, of course, Danny LaRusso makes it big and sells a lot of big cars and makes, you know, makes a decent amount of money, you know, is living the luxury life again, uh, type thing. And they kind of switch places. Um, I don't have the, not the biggest fan of that. Yeah. But, uh, it, it kind of does this and it kind of works. Um, because you feel bad cause he of course creates uh Cobra Kai, um, dojo again but tries to do it right but he doesn't know how to do it right so he's like there's a kid that's got you know a cleft palate and it's had it fixed and so he keeps on calling him lip and just like you know egging him on and egging him on and trying to make him tough and everything to you know be in this dojo and it you can tell that what they're trying to do is show that he doesn't know how to treat people correctly because he wasn't taught how to treat people correctly type thing. And that's pretty much the theme of all this and that's going on. Um, Almost like, like a tragedy type of thing, you know? Yeah. Right, the right thing, but doesn't really know how to do the right thing. Correct. He doesn't. And um, they do a lot of flipping back between the movies and actually some stuff before the movies. Uh, before Johnny uh, went to join Cobra Kai and, you know, how his family was and the way he was treated by his stepdad and all this other stuff. So, I mean, you do get some more flashback and more character depth um, to it. But uh, season one was pretty good. There's some good pokes and jabs at the original. Uh, there's some good pokes and jabs at their own selves. Um, so don't poke the original man. That's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they 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 poke it in the right way, is what I'm saying. Um, I do find it funny that Johnny doesn't know about technology, so he doesn't understand anything about technology. And of course, any all music is '80s music in this mostly, and so especially Johnny, he drives a Firebird, and everything's oh, like, of course he does. yeah. And he's like, you know, the kid's ringtone sucks. So he's like, what kind of music is that? And eventually he puts like rat on there because he told one of his students to go listen to like heavy metal, like, you know, Metallica and rat and, you know, all 80s heavy metal hair band type things. So the music's really good. What, you know, no Jethro Tull? <laughs> oh, it's a callback. A callback, <laughs> Um, 
But I mean, season one was pretty good. Uh, you get to learn the characters, you get to do things, they're still at each other's throat, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, I mean, Johnny's trying to be a good person. He's not well, trying to be a dick. I like that because, honestly, you could tell overall that he's not inherently, even from just a Karate Kid movie, going about yeah. that, that he's not really a dick. It's just that's the way he's been taught. Correct. As the series advances, do you see his character, you know, kind of Change. growing? And yes, yes, okay. you do. You do see. That's gonna have to go on my list. You you do see him grow and change through it, um, and you see it pretty quickly too, because um, the the kids are like, you can't. It's like cause we, we're not allowed to have girls inside of Cobra Kai, and one of his students like, you can't do that, <laughs> and he's like, why? We don't have girls, you know. But I mean, it, it's it's got some great comedy. It's got great. The the choreography isn't that great. Um, but you could tell that they were low budgeted and stuff, and you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's YouTube Red. For yeah. You even got the the wonderful budget of a Netflix series. Yeah. Um, season two gets a little CWE. Um, there's a little bit of love triangle because you've got all the kids now. All the kids because, are introduced because they they allowed girls in Cobra Kai. That's why. <laughs> Um, um, Kathy, allow girls in Cobra Kai. Suddenly you got CW. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. Apparently, in cheap TV, it does. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. But I mean, they 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 get a little CW with a little bit of a love triangle going on. But it, I kind of tune out on that a bit, and I come back to the story of Johnny and Danny, and I'm not going to spoil it for other people that show up in the series, um, and stuff, and it it. It's actually not bad, minus the little CW stuff. Oh but God. it does parable. You know, there is a parable between the original movie and the series because the teenagers are still having the same problems that teenagers had back then. I mean, just a different, you know, thing. Change. Yeah, things don't change in that type of aspect. Um, they are getting to season three, which is good. Um, some characters are not coming back already. Uh, which is kind of bad, but there was some, it's got good comedy. The martial arts did step up a bit in season two. Um, I'd like the story of Johnny and Danny a whole lot more than I like any of the kids stuff. Um, a lot of the characters come back. Um, there is a scene, the bar scene that people talk about. Uh, they break out one of the original Cobra Kai guys because he's dying in the hospital and they take him off on a road trip. And stuff, and that actor actually passed away right after the series finished uh, because he had no, liver flare. He was not looking good. No, and 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 so it was. I was like, man, he's was that it? no? He actually passed away shortly after that from like liver liver failure or something. Um, but it's got good flashbacks. It's got good nods to the original. Um, it's good seeing these characters. Um, there are changes. People change. People grow. Uh, people come around. Uh, Johnny is my favorite character in the whole thing because of the way he is and the way he acts. You know, like like one of the kids is like, you know, I'm going to be seeing a girl. So is she hot? Well, she's really smart. No, is she hot? And she's got, like, she likes a lot of things. No, is she hot? That's all I want to know. Is she hot? He goes, yeah, she's hot. There you go. You know, he still plays kind of that, you know, male alpha, you know, type thing. 
and he's constantly watching man child yeah and still watches like iron eagle all the time and you know yeah with Iron Eagle. It's just hilarious because when it goes through the the, the show, I, I suggest watching it if you like Karate Kid and you like the characters, go watch it. Um, kind of tune out a little bit, in my opinion, on the CW stuff. Uh, just let it there to build characters. There's a really touching episode about Mr. Miyagi, uh, which you're just like, oh fuck, type thing because you know Pat Morita was an amazing, you know that that role was perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. And type thing, but I mean, I really liking it. Really enjoying it. I want to wait till um, season three, but for right now, I give it like a one to a one and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space herpes. Um, hopefully, they don't go way too far. CW. I'm, I can pretty much tell what the plot for th- season three is going to be right off the bat. Um, a way everything's going, I can pretty much tell. Um, <clears throat> and I should predict it and write it down and bring it back up after season three comes out. <laughs> See if I'm right. Um, but, I mean, I'm enjo- I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, good comedy. Good, uh, you know, good go- good all the way around. Um, so, go try it out. It's on free on Netflix. So, I mean, yeah. can't worry about it. Let me hit two things Russ mentioned real quick. Then we can close it down for the week. Uh, Russ mentioned with uh, Chadwick Boseman passing, he watched rewatched 21 Bridges. I do want to see that. I think maybe we should see if it's free anywhere or if we can f- try and find it, because I think I really want to watch that one. Yeah. And then he suggested uh, on YouTube there is a channel done by the, the channel called Corridor Crew doing a vis- video called Stuntmen React, which I've seen many episodes of. Um, and that is very cool to see the stunt actors who actually did the stunts, in some cases, react to their stunts and other stunts. Uh, they get the stunt double for Chadwick Boseman to... Uh, to jump on there, and uh, he does some, and it's very interesting. I definitely suggest checking it out as well. Cool. Um, Thanks, guys, I'm I think gone. that's it. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. Still John. I'm Kathy. Take care of each other. Be on the lookout, and have a good night. Wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask, people. Wear your mask. He's still John. That's still Gracie. I'm still Gonzo. I'm not Gonzo. Who am I? I'm off this prime.